Today we're going to talk about how you can reach more people with less talk. How are we going to do that? Find out in a minute. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Pounder and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the place where ministers come to learn some cool tips and tricks and ideas on how to do ministry more effectively in a very digital and online world, in this very digital world that we're living in today. So how do you do that? Well, today I've invited Mark McDonald to come along with me and talk with us about how you can reach more people by just talking less. Now, how is that happening? Well, we're going to talk about that because uh, Mark is a church branding specialist and a communications guru. Well, I don't know if he'd like to be called a guru, but I'm just going to call him the guru. But we're going to talk about this uh, and how you can reach more people very simply. And he gives us four very practical steps on what we can do today. And not just for the church communicator, but for the whole church as, uh, as a whole. What the pastor can be doing, what the student minister can be doing, and what every person on staff or a volunteer can do to help us reach more people. And there's really, again, these four practical steps. So I'm really excited to have Mark on the podcast with me right now. So without any further ado, let's get into the interview right now. With me right now is Mark McDonald. Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. Great. And we just got to catch up a little bit before this, and uh, and I know that you're doing well as well. Well, that's good. Yeah, uh, I am doing well, and it's uh, good to see you again. Again, Mark and I, I've heard of Mark's name numerous times over the years. He's well uh, involved in the church communications community, uh, but we actually first met each other in the spring. Well, actually, it, yeah, a few months ago when we were, when we did a clubhouse session together with Ben Stapley. Yes, clubhouse where where we get to talk and hope that someone's listening. <laughs> yes, and thankfully people were listening because of you and Ben, not because of me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, our names kind of go together. If we had, if we had like, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, a person with the last name Quarter, we could have like the three of us, McDonald, Quarter, Pounder. I don't... Mm. There you go. That's great. So, all right. Well, Mark, well, I know who you are, but some people who are listening on the podcast may not know who you are. So why don't you give a quick little bio about who you are and what you're doing currently? Sure. Well, I'm a church branding strategist uh, and and I work uh, and I, I founded BeKnownForSomething.com. And we're a national church communication and branding, church branding agency. And I help, I help pastors, and, and, and it's just even crazy to think that I help thousands of churches to become uh, really relevant in their community. I've, I've written the best-selling book, Be Known for Something, and, uh, and I've also written over 800 magazine articles. I'm also the executive director for Center for Church Communication, and we get to influence thousands of churches over there as well. Um, I just can't believe this little kid from East Coast Canada gets to do what I get to do. Yes, yeah, see, you're one of those Canadian friends that I have now. Like, I, my my friends of Canadians uh, have be have grown over the years, and so I'm happy to have you associated with that uh, as well. Um, where are you currently? 
I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I, for, uh, you know, two or three years, I, I worked entirely with the 3000 Florida Baptist churches here in Florida and I got spoiled. I don't think I'll ever leave Florida. Yeah. Well, our friend Adam McLaughlin, he was in Florida for a while after being in Canada and now he's moved back up North or something like that. Oh, I don't know. I have I have two boys, and my one son lives in Chicago, and one son lives up in Canada, above Montana, about five hundred miles above Montana. And he was complaining about snow this past week, and I um, and I was complaining about mowing my lawn. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Oh, that's awesome. well, Florida weather. I have a daughter who goes to school down in Florida, and I have a brother who lives just a little bit south of you in St. Augustine. So, um, you know, that's kind of cool. I get down there every so often and I enjoy it. It's a pretty nice area. So, okay, well, we could talk about Florida for a while, but we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about communications and we're gonna talk about pastors uh, and and go down that rabbit hole a little bit. But uh, just to open us up today, I just wanna ask the question, is that what do you think is the worst communication issue that pastors face today? Wow. Well, you know, easily, like just top of mind, things that I deal with on a regular basis with the churches that I work with, you know, because of the amount of marketing and communication noise and couple that with the reduced attention spans of audiences, you know, fewer people are are listening at all, you know, and, and that half listening state is where we find virtually all of our congregation, I can almost hear every pastor say, and all God's people say amen, because you say something and it's almost like you want to say, hello, is anyone listening? Um, and, And that's our internal audience, the congregation, who should be listening all the time. Like jump outside of the church where I believe that the church needs to be called to to communicate even more so that we can reconnect with our communities and our communities. I mean, they almost entirely ignore us. Yeah. I, well, I, I agree with you on that, um, on that there is so much, even in the church communications world, there's so much marketing and in a lot of the same lingo, a lot of the same verbiage on things and so my question then for you is, what's the solution? Is there, a, is there a solution to become, to get above the noise and get above everything else? What's, what's the solution here? Well, and that, yes, I believe that there is, but it takes an awful lot of work. And what it does is it allows, um, you know, some people to rise to the top and they're all heard. And we know what churches are out there that seem to be heard. And we think, oh, man, if only we could be like that. But I mean, in order to get there, it's an it's an uphill battle. Um, you know, I guess if, if uh, so, I have a music background. I don't even know whether you know, but I recorded an album with uh, at the Gaither Studios and with Sandy Patty producers, sang like 300 concerts uh, over a 10-year period. Um, I love music. And if I were, you know, propelled into ministry of music at a church as a worship leader, imagine, you know, kind of old school, but, you know, if you took the choir and you said, well, we're going to go out and we're going to sing for our community. 
um, you want to try to get a quiet place. But if the city said, okay, set up the choir right next to the busiest highway, um, well, there's a lot of noise, and that noise drowns out the choir pretty fast. So, so a lot of people can't hear at all. And there's where we find ourselves in our world today. We've set up a lot of communication on paths that are very, very noisy. You know, you jump into social media, there's a lot of people talking. Yeah. You jump into websites, there's a lot of websites out there. And, you know, if, if the choir leader decided, okay, well, we want it to sound absolutely amazing, and they concentrate on all the parts. So you have, you know, soprano, alto, tenor, bass, maybe you throw in a baritone. And it's like you get this rich, rich harmony in a very quiet area. You put them next to a very busy highway, and the highway quickly drowns out all of those amazing parts. And a good worship leader knows if you want to be heard for a great distance and you want to come up over top of all of that noise, you've got to sing in unison. And in order to get the choir to sing in unison, I mean, it's not, it's, you know, it's not all that much fun to just always sing in unison, but you will be heard. Yeah. And that's where we find ourselves with, with our communication. We've got to figure out how we can communicate in unison. Yeah. Okay. There, there's a lot of great stuff you just said right there. One is a complete random tangent, but my, one of my uh, first concerts I went to as a eighth grade boy my mom dragged my brothers and I out to go hear Sandy Patty in Virginia. So, and again, as an eighth grade boy, you're like, oh, this is Sandy Patty. Oh, this she's terrible. But my mom was all into it. My mom loved it. So that was just an interesting thing. But I, I love what well, you that said. puts me that puts me kind of as the same age as your mother. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, you're 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 definitely younger. Uh, you know, you actually look I, I wish people could see us right now. I actually took a screenshot. And I'm going to tweet this out. But you look younger than I do so that, you know, you have that going for you. Um, but the uh, one thing I like about what you said is that I think a lot of us um, in churches think that if you know, you talked about if only I could do this only like you know, I think people look at like Elevation Church or Saddleback Church, uh, some of these bigger churches out there and say, if only we could be like them and then we could be heard. But the reality is when they jumped on social or when they jumped on the websites, they weren't immediately heard. They, they had to do certain things to get to be in that spot. Um, and so that's why I'm really excited about this conversation. Well, and it's probably why most churches need to have a dedicated communications person. Just because it comes out of somebody's mouth does not mean that they're going to be listened to. Yeah. You have to you have to look at the tool or the channel and say, so what's the best way to communicate on this channel? If it's really noisy, you know, we mentioned Clubhouse. If anyone has, you know, uh, captured one of their their uh, very high-priced invitations <laughs> and, and jumped onto Clubhouse, you quickly say, okay, how do I stop these notifications? Because everybody <laughs> and their dog has decided that they want to launch a Clubhouse and then they want everyone to listen. And that's, that's our world today. Our world is such a loud, loud place. 
And, and we've got to figure out how do we, well, if, you know, if, if, uh, the tree falls in a forest, like, and nobody hears it, like, what's that, what's that whole thing? Well, the thing is, if we're communicating and no one's listening, why are we communicating? And there are so many churches that are out there on social media or on a website. I mean, on, for websites, there are so many church websites that no one looks at most of their pages, and yet they spend a lot of time producing those web pages. We've got to figure out how do we produce content that people will actually listen to. Okay, so then let's get into this a little bit more. Then how do you do this? I know you have a few suggestions for us to for, to, to learn from. Okay, so I'm going to try to get out four really practical tips so that you can be heard. I like and, practical. I like practical. Well, and it's interesting because it's so number one is become their pain expert. So if if you want to get somebody's attention, you can call their name. Sure, but that's pretty hard to do. Imagine if the pastor called everybody's name from the from the pulpit. Um, you can try to like, you can, we talk a lot about personas here at be known for something you've got to figure out. So what is the stereotypical group of people that you're trying to target? And if you can call their name. So we talk to pastors a lot. So oftentimes in our social media posts on our website, we'll say pastor. And as soon as we say pastor, every pastor looks up. But if you can then figure out what is it that is their biggest pain, that gnawing thing that keeps them awake, that they wake up in the middle of the night, just concerned about it all the time. If we can name that pain and be an expert when we name that pain, the more we know about the pain, the more people will listen. So, so all you have to do, like if, you know, thank God I don't have any, uh, you know, major back pain. However, I have had stints in my life where I wake up with a really bad back. The moment if I'm standing in front of a group of people, even if they're all talking and I go, oh, my goodness, does anyone have back pain? Every person who has ever experienced back pain goes, huh? Yeah. So so becoming a pain expert is really just focusing on needs, concerns, and goals. And so if we can really focus on them and we become the pain expert and we say their name by their pain, people will go, okay, I, I'm ready to listen. Okay, so do you, have, do you have a solution to back pain? And the moment that you say, I have a solution, then you have captivated an audience and they want to engage, but that kind of gets into number two. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's, let's stay here for a quick second and in, in be com, you talk about the thread. Is this what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, it is. So, uh, so I, a thread, you know, be known for something. Uh, we just constantly say you get to discover a thread because we're in this wildly noisy world and churches think that if I speak it, people will listen. <laughs> yes. And every ministry says the same thing. And if and I what I hear constantly is if it was just announced from the pulpit, 
yeah. I would have had more people there. And so everybody wants to say something and everyone is really, really excited about what they have to say. But the people in the pews and the people in your community are less excited. The, the person who comes up with the announcement is the most excited. So, so what we need to do is we need to figure out, so there's all of this messaging. Everyone wants to speak. Well, what if we just have one major umbrella thread that unites all of that? So, so what we do is we take a look at the needs, concerns, and goals in the, in the, uh, in your audience and we figure out, okay, so what is the thread? So number two is discover your thread and discovering a thread is about focusing on a salute, a solution or a path to a goal. And if you can do that, people will start saying, oh, you guys are all about this. And so that every time that student pastor gets up, he ties into the thread and, and makes, because people are there for the thread and they become interested in what they have to say. So, so what it ends up doing is it, it starts saying, okay, each of our ministries help as a solution, the main solution, the thread of the church in specific ways. And it makes people more interested in what, the church is trying to say. Okay, so I, I like this, but I think I need a little bit more clarity on, on here. Um, are you talking about when people are communicating on your website only or on social media or like up front on stage? Like, how are you incorporating this thread? Yeah, and it's interesting. So I've been doing this for, oh, it's even, I, I feel about 35 years old, but I've been doing this job for 35 years. Okay. <laughs> and and the 35 years, what I've learned, you know, at the very start, it was before the internet. It was really before computers. My, my, my senior, talk about an aside, uh, my senior year of college, we were like a month away from graduation and our, our lead professor came into the room holding this little box and he said, okay, well, uh, this was just launched. It's called a Macintosh computer. We think that maybe not your generation, but the next generation will probably end up using it to do graphic design on, but you won't have to worry about it. Yeah, little did I know. <laughs> but we were doing all print stuff. You would do a print piece, and there are people uh, that are listening to us right now because churches are are into the print world. And thank heavens that COVID is killing the print world in in the <laughs> church. Uh, yes, it will. People will die if they touch your print material. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> unless they're vaccinated. So the uh, the interesting thing is when you produce a print piece, i.e. bulletin or worship guide, you don't know how many people are looking at it. You don't know how long they're looking at it. You don't know what they're looking at when they look at it. If someone says, oh, I love your bulletin, I, I got the initial question is, are you sane? Uh, but the next question is, so what are you looking at? Like, what makes you like this? And see, we move from that into the digital world. And all of a sudden, we started seeing analytics. And those analytics are king. Because what it does is it helps us focus on the right things. Yeah. Because things that 
we've been doing in print and we think that they're doing a good job, when, when they get onto the digital world, we know how long people are looking at things. We know, um, you know, what they're looking at, what attracts them and what, what does a good job at communication. So, so when we take a look at the overall communication world, uh, we learn so much from websites and so much from social media that it actually influences us in print as well as on stage. Okay, so you're you're getting okay. So you've hit on a few things here. One is the analytics, and I would say this: um, some of the people that I talk to, and there's some of it even in me. When you talk about analytics, it scares people because it's like this unknown thing. How would you encourage someone who's a little bit timid to to really look at the analytics? We know the benefits of the analytics, we, we you know, but. How would you encourage someone like that who's a little timid to say, oh, I don't know this kind of stuff that much. I don't know. What would you say to that? You're going to have to learn. So, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is, you know, I have a heart of a teacher. I want to make sure that people understand this isn't a huge concept. I mean, so we've, you know, we're talking about four practical things. The first thing, again, is become their pain expert. So you got to focus on needs, concerns, and goals, create a persona, create, you know, who are the people we're trying to talk to and what are their main concerns, main uh, needs? And then do they have like aspirational goals? And then number two, discover the thread that actually connects to that. So you focus on a solution or a path. And then number three, it does have something to do with analytics and search engine optimization. Search engine optimization is, I mean, it's ever changing. So if you try to keep up with it, it, it will like your head will explode because they keep changing it because Google just wants to give people what they're looking for. <laughs> and so as, as trends happen and people look for different things, they, they adjust it a little bit. But the biggest thing that we know is that people make choices based upon what they're known for. And that's what our, our agency is all about. It's like, so what should you be known for so that you actually attract somebody's attention? And, and Google knows that when you ask a bunch of people uh, similar stuff, they end up asking questions back and searching for different things based upon, you know, common words. And we call those keywords. So number three is know and use your keywords. But, you know, we talk a little bit about focus. Um, this is one part where you can't focus your keywords too much. And, and that sounds weird, but like if I were to say, okay, Tom, uh, I'm going to sell hoodies okay, and, and everyone can't see, but you're wearing a white hoodie. So if, if, um, if I said, okay, I'm going to set up a website and I'm going to become known for hoodies. Imagine how many other people are out there trying to become known for hoodies. So instead of focusing on a particular word, the hoodie, then it's like, okay, I only want to focus on men's hoodies. Well, all of a sudden that lack of focus by adding an extra word, what they call a a long tail to your keyword, it actually makes it easier because there's fewer people who just want 
men's hoodies, but you're wearing a really nice white hoodie. So what if I said, I'm only going to concentrate on men's white hoodies. All of a sudden, the, the amount of people attempting to try to get placement of the first search uh, window, okay. it actually drops. So, so what we call those keywords when we add a long tail to it is we end up with, it's called a key phrase. So what you want to try to do is, so first of all, you become a pain expert, which allows you to come up with who the personas are. Then you get to discover your thread, that big solution. And then from that solution, what are people actually searching for in your community around that, that thread? And, and there's, there's lots of tools that are out there because you, you can actually find out what people are looking for. And if you say, well, I kind of think our, you know, our, our, our main keyword would be X, you can go to places, um, uh, it's, I think it's keywordtool.io. You can put in one keyword and then based upon where you are at, they will actually say, here are all the long tail keywords that are associated in your neighborhood of people looking for it. And then they actually rank them. So, you know, if, if you become known for, you know, a long tail keyword in your area, there's fewer people looking for this one, or there's a lot of people looking for this one. And then you, you have to understand whether you want to jump into that fray or not. Is there some sort of, this is great. This is very helpful. Um, when you're talking about keywords and then key phrases, um, are, are there some rules that you need to keep in mind? But the one in particular I'm thinking about is, is there a limit of how many keywords you should be using or key phrases you should be using for your church? Well, back in the day, you uh, when Google first started, uh, everyone thought we just need our church needs to have one keyword or one key phrase for our entire website. And that's that's just not possible. So so it's now encouraged that every page, the individual page needs to tie back to the thread. Maybe the long tail kind of moves a little bit. But ultimately, you want to be known for that thread. But then every one of your pages needs to have its own individual key phrase. And, and so number four, it kind of leads into that. Don't bury your lead. And everybody, everybody says, oh, yeah, I know what that means, I think. Well, uh, it's not spelled L-E-A-D, it's L-E-D-E, -E, and it's part of the newspaper trade. I was a newspaper carrier growing up. I had the largest newspaper route in my entire city, um, and then they finally broke it up because it, I, I was up over 200 people that I delivered newspapers to. Um, but when you pick up a newspaper, the headline's the most important thing, and then you know how you'll read the headline and go, oh, what's this about? And then you start reading and then you don't finish the article. Yeah. Well, we all know in social media that no one's reading articles. Everyone's just reading a headline and then they're commenting almost instantly. And then everyone comments after them saying, have you not read the article? Because the <laughs> article actually read, you know, answers the questions. So, so burying your lead is that the information that the page is about or the post is about, or if you're speaking from the stage, you need to set it up so that 
you have just such a small amount of time because you need to capture people's attention because our attention spans are getting smaller and smaller. The more you say it in the headline or say it in the first paragraph or say it in the first sentence of the first paragraph, that it it can color the rest of the 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 article, but it needs to be up there as as high as possible because that people if they get if you get their attention and then you don't keep their attention after that first what they call the lead, then you know that people are going to go on ignore. So so if you want to capture people's attention, get them to listen, make sure that the main emphasis of your talk is set up in such a way so that you're promoting the rest of your content. Yeah, I think that's really important because like, again, you hit the nail on the head. People read the headline and then just comment or what, or just make assumptions about what it is. And again, it's, you know, clickbait is some of the stuff that, that a lot of people will use, but churches shouldn't be do, doing that. I mean, but I like it. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned, you know, the lead is spelled L-E-D-E, because when we were exchanging notes here and you wrote it that way, I was like, oh, is that some sort of Canadian thing? Is that something? <laughs> yeah. And, and what's crazy is that, um, Google actually like, so they're trying to figure out who do we push, you know, like if someone's searching for something and they're looking for content about your keyword or key phrase, um, their Google ranks you like they, they add value to your page. If you put your key phrase in your headline, Google loves you yeah. and on your every individual page, you need to use your key phrase at least two to three times. And if you use it at the beginning of the first paragraph, Google will will love to serve up that page. Because if the moment you start thinking that way and you start putting that content as high up in the article as possible, you realize, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to get to the point as fast as possible and then make sure that the rest of it is as short as possible. This is awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. Do you recommend one type of website hosting platform as opposed to another for a church as they are kind of working through this process? Um, well, for hosting, I would just, I would find a reliable host that, that doesn't charge very much. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a cheap person. Like I, it just drives me crazy when I talk to some churches and they're, they're spending a lot of money on hosting. And I mean, you just need to have as much speed as possible and reliability, how, you know, what's their uptime. And then, and then because I, I'm on that cheap side, I love to go WordPress. I mean, WordPress is free. And if you're using WordPress, Yoast, Y-O-A-S-T dot com. If you if you install the Yoast plugin, um, it will it will like walk you through all these steps just to make sure that you you you're creating pages that people will actually love and that Google becomes your biggest evangelist. I love that you just said this because, again, oh, my personal blog, ymsidekick.com, I use WordPress and I like WordPress a lot. 
Um, uh, and but I do have the Yoast plugin, and that helps me. It's so it's plug and play. You just plug in the stuff, and you make sure it's right, and they they check it and they optimize it. And I don't I don't push anything on my page unless I get the green lights, you know. And so um, and I, I'm like, great, this this works for me. I'll change anything it does so that I can get that green light. Um, oh my goodness! And anybody who uses Yoast, you understand they give you a red light if you don't have a key phrase. And then when you say, okay, what's my key phrase? What's it going to be? And then you put it in and then it gives you a orange light and you think, oh no, I got to get the green. I get the good. And, and all you have to do is go back. It's like, okay, how do I use it in the headline? How do I use it in the first paragraph? Am I using it two or three times? Am I adding links to other parts of, of the interactivity of our website? Am I going outside of my website? Like all of those things, Yoast, We'll just keep badgering you until you get it right. That's great. That's great. Okay. So as we kind of get ready to wrap up here, I, I know you have one more thing you'd like to say about this, but once you get their attention, what what's next? I mean, you had four points, but there, you know, you, what, what do you do after you get their attention? Well, it's interesting because every communicator, you have two steps. You got to be found, which was what we talked about. You got to get them to look up. And then ultimately you want to be heard. So once you've got their attention, say it is your website. So you got Google to actually serve one of your pages to the people in your community. Then what? Well, what we know is that people are spending a ridiculously small amount of time looking at the full content. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, okay, you guys are the experts at this. You created a web page. Now tell me just the, the smallest amount of information that I can possibly know in order to say I'm an expert because that's pretty much where, where everybody's at. And, and so what we know is that, you know, the average person spends about 30 seconds on an entire website uh, when they arrive at the URL, you know, the, that, that session before they close out on your session, 30 seconds is not very much, uh, you know, it's just not much time at all. But what you also have to realize is that most people are clicking about three times. So that gives them about 10 seconds per page. If you know that most Americans read 300 words per minute, that gives about 50 words that somebody can capture. So the crazy part of all of this is that Google requires 300 words. So what Google does is Google says, well, there's not enough content on here for us to be able to categorize your page. So, so give us more, give us more than 300 words. Yoast will yell at you. You need more content. But the problem is, is that the more content you add, the more it adds to noise. Mm -hmm. And so when people arrive, they don't want a noisy page. They just, Google needs a lot of content. So you've got to make sure you edit out every non-essential part. If you put it into a paragraph, you almost know that everyone will ignore it. People, most people will read a headline, then a subhead, then they'll jump to bullet points. So if you can get most of your content in there and then add, add a few other paragraphs just for to help Google uh, categorize you, know that most people won't read the paragraph content. No, edit, 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 say less so that 
they'll listen more. And the, the fewer words in the right spot will work better than a ton of words in the wrong spot. This is awesome. I mean, seriously, I like everything that you're hitting on is like so good and so helpful. Um, I love your the point of the bullet points. Um, I started using some bullet points on things. And again, you're right. When you're looking at an article or you're looking at, I'm looking for the bullet points. I'm looking for the highlights, like the, the bold text to see what I can skim through. Because again, time is money on people and time, you don't want to waste people's time. But like you said, Google, they want 300 words, you know? And so you, you got to play with it. I like what you just said, edit, edit, edit say less and they'll listen more. I, I think it's really great insights. And, and every day of my life is trying to say less so that people will listen more. That's awesome. Well, dude, we could talk about this from a lot of stuff and I'm going to have you back on the podcast because you're awesome. Um, and I wish, I mean, I wish I had the video f- version of this because Mark is so animated here and I'm just sitting here listening like, da, 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 da. but no, but Mark is a, a great resource. He's a great person to connect with. Uh, he's on social, but again, Mark, talk about what you guys do with Be Known for Something and uh, where people can connect with you on social, but also your website again. Well, the long form version of what I just said is available at BeKnownForSomething.com. It's also in a book. It's become a bestseller on Amazon. So if you just look for Be Known for Something on Amazon or go to BeKnownBook.com and that'll take you to the publisher's area of my website. Um, also if, if people want like really bite-sized tips and, and I guarantee you'll be able to scan it in less than a minute, I send out an email every week, uh, with really practical tips, like what we just talked about. I, I mean, this would be spread over several weeks, but, but I really try to highlight, um, what you need to know in order to be a, an effective communicator. And if you go to be known for something.com slash subscribe, you can sign up for a regular email and you'll, you'll get tips and tricks along the way. That is awesome. I'm going to subscribe today because I don't think I have subscribed to your thing uh, yet. So that's great. The, I love emails that are simple and short, but very practical. So this sounds awesome. Um, they're, they're always under 300 words. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, and if you want to work with Mark, uh, again, you can find all his contact information. I'm going to include his uh, social channels too, uh, as well. Um, he's a great resource. I cannot understate that enough. Um, so um, did I say understate or overstate? Uh, anyway, I can't say it enough that you should connect with Mark. So Mark, it was great uh, talking with you again. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks a lot, Tom. All right, so there you have it, my conversation with Mark. It was awesome having him on, and I'm definitely going to have him on again because he's got a ton of knowledge. And so you, if you haven't checked out any of his resources yet, go to the show notes, click on the links, but also go to beknownforsomething.com. There he's got everything uh, there, and you can kind of check out all his stuff right there. But I would love to hear your thoughts on him. He outlined four practical things that you can do to reach more people by talking less. What stood out to you in this conversation? I would love for you to share that with me. You can go to on Twitter, at T.A. Pounder, and share it with me. Or you can email me, tom at ymsidekick.com. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about this and keep this conversation going because it's a very important conversation to go on. It's such a noisy 
noisy world out there, how can you stand above it all? He gives us great insights. I would love to hear your insights as well. So, all right, heroes. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, go to iTunes and subscribe to it or Spotify. Or just go to ymsidekick.com. There I've got the blog podcast vlogs i've got ebooks on there and information about the digital boot camp the free facebook group where ministers from all different backgrounds can learn digital tools and trends or things that are happening around in this digital world and apply it into their ministry context so i'd love for you to check out that again all that information can be found at ymsidekick.com all right here's why i hope you have a great rest of your day and i'll talk to you soon have a great one